0: Well, hello, 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 it's Wednesday, and it's a little bit echoing in here. If it sounds a little bit different to you today, it's because I'm coming to you from my bathroom in a duvet fort, and it is hot as balls. But there's a chainsaw outside, and I didn't particularly want you to be subjected to the massacring of a tree or whatever it is they are cutting outside so um being a sound engineer i i uh, decided to do a good old diy solution by way of sitting in a little duvet fortress in my bathroom and i'm sat on the floor underneath two chairs it is rather amusing but yes here we are it's another wednesday and it's another episode So, between last episode and this episode, we have, in the Northern Hemisphere, I'm in in, in the United Kingdom, uh, we have had the summer solstice, I believe it's an equinox of some description. Uh, Basically, in layman's terms, the longest day of the year and shortest evening of the year has happened. So, we're at the um, uh, pinnacle point of... Our tilt in the axis whereby we have more exposure to the sun and as we go around the sun we will be uh, tilting back towards winter so um it's it, it's been a celebration on over the weekend uh, summer, sol- sol- <laughs> summer solstice i will i will put my mouth back into my face soon just just bear with me sitting in this position is very very Strange, I have a very cold radiator next to my <laughs> DIY sound engineer. Um so yeah, summer solstice was on Sunday. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. And um it was great. And I've I felt I didn't know if I wanted to have a very candid conversation about what I am going to talk about now, but I figured considering we're talking about all the other things, I might as well as talk about this. What is it, Shiggy? What what are you going to talk about? Is it, is it sordid? No, 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 dear, dear listener, it's not sordid. It's not sordid. Um, I'm gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to wax lyrical about plant medicines. The various, uh, teachers that we have out there, whether we, uh, decide to go on a full-on ayahuasca, uh, trip or do something a little bit more local, Um, I haven't done ayahuasca, it's on my to-do list, but, um, if you ever have heart-to-heart conversations with me, you do eventually realise that I'm a little bit, just a little bit of a hippie. Um, only because of everything I've had to deal with for my entire existence on this planet, I got really exhausted with the idea of being a really stressy, angry, entitled human, um... Mostly because I had those uh, ideas and ideologies imprinted on me, uh, implicit bias once again, and I think it first started off, you know, uh, in my in my late teens, early twenties, when I was at uni. Um, I have a rep- I had a reputation of being a bit of a boisterous, headstrong, you know, kind of cutthroat ish, but still lovable, um, person. But, um, I had this thing where I would break out in hives, which is kind of a a leftover element from chickenpox. Um, if I got really unconsolably stressed out, inconsolable, unconsolable, inconsolably stressed out, I would break out in hives in, on my arms, especially. And I didn't like that you know I, it, it would leave marks and I'm quite precious about my skin and I didn't want marks to be left on me so um you know went into counseling and and learned how to be calm and uh what the main counselor the the senior counselor I think it was director for the council the Eng- counselors of England or something anyway big big head hunter dude found me quite fascinating um learned a lot from him and um one of these things was just like, just stop stressing. Like, you'd stress over everything. The concept of stressing stresses you out. And I'm like, yeah, it does. And it's just like, you just just, just let things go. Learn to let things go. Like, it, it, life isn't that big a deal. <laughs> um, and that took me years to to really understand and really fully um, implement into into my own existence, into my own um day-to-day runnings of things, if things happened, rather than me, like, blowing a gasket every time, like, just, you know, if you can do something about it, you do something about it. If you can't, you know, you can't. It's, it's fine. And I realized over time, I was slowly but surely learning how to reject, um, the way my mum kind of dealt with the world, and was starting to accept the way my dad, um, dealt with the world. And, when your dad is a Holocaust survivor, <laughs> um, you know, and you have space and time to just really, really sit and think about what that means and looking at how he's living his life, you know, obviously questionable with um, having affairs with uh, other people and stuff, but, you know, um, neither here nor there. Um, his his ultimate day-to-day kind of existence was something that I, I now appreciate um you know one one part of his personality so psychology and counseling was kind of like my first step into just widening the horizons of of what it means to exist really um and you know smoking weed was a thing i did in uh high school and uni less than uni high school definitely um would always sneak off down into the woods and uh, have a cheeky took and then come back and just like produce music and um, art as well, art and music. You know, when you're not confined to the restrictions of being a 17-year-old uh, in a foreign land um, was great. So played around with that, did whatever. Um, but the main focus of, of today is obviously talking more about psychedelics. Um, and I've been on both sides in my twenties. I experimented. I am not ashamed of it. I I tried many things. Um, some of them, I really didn't understand the appeal. Like I don't like putting things up my nose. I hate it. I don't even like nasal spray. Like when I'm ill and I know you can get like these Vicks na- nasal sprays or whatever, I would much rather have a stuffed nose, right? and walk around like this. And not be able to talk through by those because I have a stuff then shh, like squirt anything up my nose. No, 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 no. So um, to even experiment with like Colombian marching powder was was uh, <laughs> it was just gross. It was just like crushed panadol at the back of my throat. I was like, what? What even is this? There's like a numbing agent in this, and then a whole bunch of other crap. I'm like, oh, it makes you really confident. I'm like, have you seen me? do I need any more? No, I'm good. So that was, um, that was interesting. Um, but yeah, those, those kind of, you know, recreational things been there, done that. Um, I actually finally understood techno (laughs) for the longest. I just didn't get the appeal of techno, like the, the deep, dark, minimal, like, you know, really moody, just kind of like, Boiler room in Berlin in boiler suit style techno, not the hardest stuff, to just really kind of broody shit. Um, never understood it. I was like, it's just the same thing, but the occasional like I don't know spanner dropped in a sink in the in in the basement. You know, just it, it, it didn't make sense. And then I did MDMA, and I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, okay, okay, no, I I get it, I get it. This is this is a thing. Like and then I I did that and if I want to have like a full on just like I just want to dance the whole night. I don't actually need any of that. I just need a bottle of water and nothing. A lot of people are just like, are you sure you don't want anything? I'm like, I genuinely know. Like I've done it. I understood it. I have taken the lesson from it and just put me in a room with a really good DJ and I will boogie for five hours. And then I'll crawl home and lather my body up and fall roll because my joints are not about that. life. (laughs) So 20s, yeah, experimented with all that. Later on uh, in my 20s, um, weirdly enough, when I started moving into fitness and being a personal trainer and stuff, I I really didn't like the way the fitness industry was kind of building up people to break them down, you know, or, or creating fallacies around insecurities that are more of a psychological problem rather than a physiological well physical problem like you know your your body's not broken you just need to kind of have a better relationship with it excuse me whilst i move my leg from underneath my butt oh god (laughs) can't say podcasting isn't an adventure right i've got pins and needles I have pins and needles in my left foot and I'm just going to readjust my microphone and find the sweet spot again. Wonderful. So I had reservations about the fitness industry that I was entering, just the, the way it was manufactured and the way it was um, and still is. In fact, it's worse now with Instagram and all of that, uh, propagating these fallacies to people um, with quick fix solutions. And I'm like, that, that none of this makes sense. So. I, um, what happened? I was teaching capoeira. I was teaching like a movement capoeira kind of class. I called it grounded movement um, because that's what I felt people needed just to be be with themselves more, you know, have fun moving around, um, appreciating the capacity their bodies have. Yeah, you Because know, a lot of people find the idea of just sitting in a resting squat to be a very alien concept when it should be the norm. Um, and a lot of people, as a result, can't actually um, use their hips properly. You know, when you see someone getting out of a chair and they're kind of like swinging and, uh, you know, making all the old people noises. I say old people, I've been making those noises since my mid-twenties. Hang on, I'm gonna move this leg again. <clears throat> ah, those noises. Um, I really wanted people to kind of Re- reconnect with themselves and reconnect with their bodies so started doing that and then I got headhunted for a better place um, by someone who was looking for uh, movement people so um, I guess you could call Simon with Locomotion Studios one of the, f- the first kind of proper studios in southwest London that were fully dedicated to uh, body movement and, and he's still going now and, and I consider Simon a, a good friend. Um, don't Pop in there nearly as much as I should, if I'm honest. But um, you know, life pulls you know, a in different directions. So, um, so I was I was a personal trainer there for a while, and really loved you know the whole whole ideology behind it, and the people that I met there who are still great friends now. Um, they they were all we were all of the same mindset, and weirdly enough, going beyond the physical mindset. Um, our kind of expansive views on the world and the way things are working and the way things are broken um, made me feel happier and made and kind of kept me in fitness for a longer amount of time than I would have been otherwise. So, the reason why I'm mentioning all of this is because through uh, my movement brothers and sisters, <laughs> I ended up going on a retreat led by someone called Tony Riddle, and it was called Warrior to Warrior. Now, my accent is pretty messed up, so it probably sounds like the same uh, two words. So, warrior, as in you're worrying about life and things and getting really stressed out, to warrior, where you're, you know, a war veteran, war hero, war person, you know, the person who can go out and, and face the world. So, woah, wo to wa. Um, I went to one of the talks, and it just, it just, the way Tony was explaining um, a lot about the human condition just really, really sung to me, really, really spoke to me. And um, I just really wanted to go for a retreat and just take a break from everything. So, you know, saved the money, went out and did the thing, made loads of new friends from that retreat as well. And this was the first time I had any um, interaction with plant medicine. And my first one was Cambo. Now, if you don't know what Cambo is, Cambo is a frog. From the Amazon, and it's not the toad. It's not the licking one. You don't lick the toad. I'm not about to lick a reptile's asshole. Okay, <laughs> this is um, just a pretty chill, fearless uh, frog. I think it's the the little green one with like the the red eyes. I think. And all they do, uh, the the shamans and and the 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 sacred uh, people in in the Amazon, is they will um, gently tie up the frog. Uh, and when it starts secreting venom, they will just kind of like take some of that venom—not all of it. They don't kill the frogs; they're very, very gentle with them. They come out at a very specific time during the year, um, and this venom gets dried up onto bark. And you know, various uh, teachers and and leaders will will hold hold space for for the cambo ceremonies. So, at the end of this retreat. Um, it was kind of a, not, not a last minute thing, but we got invited to it on, on the, on the penultimate day and the day after I had to go early. Um, so we kind of got stuck in early and, and it was a bit rushed, which was a shame, but the experience was, was rather profound because, um, the way Cambo works is you have, uh, marks or you, you have, I think they call them gates. Basically the top layer of your skin is burnt off. Right? Sounds crazy, but bear with me. Top layer of your skin is burnt off, so you have a little gate. So I'm black huh? and the top layer of my skin is removed. There's a little white circle. So the minimum typically would be three. And then from three, it goes up to, as you know, however many is required for, you know, what whatever you're going through. So um, my first combo was uh, five gates on my right arm, just above my dragon. And before this ceremony, I had a huge, I don't want to call it phobia, I don't really want to call it fear either, but um, a reluctance to throwing up. If I was ill, I would much rather have a sore stomach and go to the bathroom and have diarrhea rather than vomit. If I was insanely drunk, I would much rather, again, let it go at the other end I know this too much information, but we're friends now. You're going to have to deal with it. And the idea of just, uh, no, just vomiting? No, 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 no. Seeing other people, like, throw up would make me want to, sympath- like, sympathy vomit. Um, it's just, it's, it's not a hot look. It's not a good look. I, I, I don't like it. But, uh, hey, when you're doing cambo, you purge, right? So you purge from everywhere. You know, you, you, you can cry, you can bottom purge, as we called it in the circle. Um, you'll sweat and you will ultimately throw up. Now, weirdly with the ceremony, we're in a circle and we have a sound bath and, you know, all these kind of things and some some chanting. And um, with this, the most difficult part, actually, because I've, I've done cambo twice now, the most difficult part is actually drinking at least a minimum of two to two and a half liters of water. I think it's like three, three and a half for guys, but you have to chug, right? We're talking pub Olympic level chugging, or I mean, try pub Olim- Olympic if you can, but like just seriously drinking as much water as you can because you have to purge, right? Um, the way this stuff works is through the gates, the venom is uh, moistened with water and uh, they apply a little dab, you know, probably like a millimeter and just cover the entire circle or like your, the gates on your arm. So they put this venom on your skin and the venom kind of goes into your blood system and courses around your body. And it is the weirdest experience ever feeling what is essentially a poison fill your entire body, right? And it's it's not a case of you don't you don't hallucinate, you don't have any kind of you know outer body experiences or anything. You are very, very freaking present, okay? Very freaking present, and um, you feel it going all through your body, and your your body kind of just starts expanding. And there's this thing that happens sometimes if if you're you know you react a little bit too much called frog face where like all the capillaries and everything in your face kind of have expanded. So your face looks a bit swollen. (laughs) I'm not selling this. I'm not actually selling this. I'm just telling you my experience. So I didn't quite get frog face, but I was just sat there, sat there. And just kind of like, you know, uh, no, you you go through breathing and you're told not to stand up. So you stay seated down. If you need to go bottom purge, you will crawl with your sick bucket <laughs> to the bathroom and set yourself up because your heart rate will drop quite considerably. And if you stand up, like, you know, you'll stand up and pass out. So, um, you know, it all goes through and, and you get the feeling that you're going to throw up. But, you know, it's like the drunk feeling that you're going to throw up, but you're completely sober. So your mouth starts getting really wet, like my mouth's starting to salivate even at the thought of it now, Um, not because it's delicious. Your mouth starts to kind of prepare itself for, you know, the comeuppance, basically. And um, you get given a bucket because you are going to use that bucket. Like, you're not just going to randomly just like, yak all over the place. And my first time, like, I don't like being sick, right? I've said this a few times. And my body fought. My my, you know, stomach esophagus was just like nope, 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 not esophagus sphincter. You have a sphincter in your stomach, the top one that stops you from um, throwing up all the time. It was like nope, 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 nope. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. And then, literally, just like full on exorcist, just kind of just. It it wasn't even like just it wasn't a trickle. It was a freaking faucet on full, just like. Bleh. <laughs> I'm just like, it's my entire life force just coming out of me and like you do it and then you start and you're just like oh no more no more <laughs> just keep on going um and it was it was a lot and my body was still just like it didn't really want to you know kind of let go and and the lady who's leading it kind of saw this and she's like you need to drink more water so drunk more water and by this point my bum was just like hey hey we want to join the party so I had to crawl with my like liquid filled like i wouldn't say half as like a quarter full bucket of sick and just like it wasn't even sick it was just water and sputum um to the bathroom and you know on bottom purging as well just just like front and back and just like everything's going um and uh tony (laughs) led the retreat um would come over and he'd open the door and like hand me a glass of water and i'm like this is the most embarrassing like situation to ever be in like and I I don't get embarrassed much like I've run through London buck-ass naked and had no problems like I've posed in front of the London eye completely naked and people just looking at me don't care but someone coming in Giving you a glass of water and making sure you drink the glass of water whilst you are shitting your pants. I'm well, not shitting your pants. You're on the toilet, you know, just unable to control yourself. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was embarrassing. But at the, at the same time, you know, it's 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 part of the process of rewilding yourself, rewilding your uh, your human. And after that, you know, that experience in and of itself is what maybe probably about 20, 25 minutes or so of just kind of just purging, 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 hardcore purging. And then afterwards you feel amazing. Like literally just, you know, you have a, you have a sense of just inner peace and calm. And, um, as far as detoxes are concerned, I would say that's the only thing that actually counts as a detox because like the venom goes through your system, right? It doesn't, poison you in the sense of if you ate it then you probably would die but you know the amazonians are pretty clever people they found if you have it through your skin you know intravenously through the uh, probably fifth or sixth layer of your your skin it kind of hits different and in a more effective way so after my whole, whole ordeal um the lady who was uh heading the ring was just like uh are you sure you're done i'm like yeah i'm sure she's like okay make yourself sick and i'm like I sat there for a minute, and I was just like, "Okay, do I just like heave or something?" And I went, "Uh, I don't know how." She's like, "You've never had to make yourself sick." I'm like, "No, never. I no, just no." She's like, "Well, tickle your tonsils with your fingers." And I'm like, "I don't have a gag reflex. <laughs> like, how how am I gonna, you know, tickle my throat if I don't really have like I have like the tiniest gag reflex known to man." Um, so I stuck my two fingers down my throat and, you know, just whatever, shoving my fingers around the place and kind of go, this isn't doing anything. This is actually quite uncomfortable. And then I, I I don't know, I hit something and just went, <laughs> and a, a little bit came out and then that was it. And I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. She's like, okay, cool. Go, go rest and, and chill out. And I did. And it was glorious. Just chilling there and just feeling, you know, at one with the world, looking out into the the acreage in somerset the lovely house in somerset um with the backdrop of someone else throwing up their cards (laughs) so that was the first experience of cambo um and there's a storyline of course we're going to we're going to build up to the summer solstice because a lovely rather lovely and intense event happened on sunday but i think that is where we're going to have a little pause So that was Cambo number one. Not to be mistaken with Mamba number five, I don't know why I've put those two associations together. It's been a weird day. So coming back from that, um, I felt I had more clarity and, and felt calmer and, and more secure in, in, in the directions, the slightly, I suppose, alternative directions um, I'd been wanting to go with coaching people and, and my own general outlook in, in life and things. and. That was 13, maybe 2013, 2014. Something like that. And the amazing thing after doing that combo was I didn't catch a cold for maybe six months, six to ten months, something crazy. And this like that that ceremony and that retreat and everything happened in August, September time. And that was when I was still working security and I was working as a bouncer in a nightclub and it was freshers week down in Kingston upon Thames. And basically you get the plague, right? Because if it's not the freshers, it's the refreshers. And then it's the refreshers kind of canoodling with the freshers. And, you know, they just make the super bug that just knocks you out for 10 days usually. And lots of uh, team members were getting hit with freshers flu, which is what it is lovingly called. Um, But I didn't get it. And I had people coming up and hugging me and, you know, having to restrain people and and escort them out of the building and having to deal with drunk women in the toilets who just passed out. And I realized, you know, I got over my sick phobia or whatever you want to call it because people throwing up in a nightclub, people throwing up in the toilets didn't bother me anymore. I was just like, eh. I don't know if it's because I had been through such a traumatic experience (laughs) with throwing up um, that, like, you know, my sensitivities have been completely destroyed or there was something, you know, a little bit, there's something a little bit deeper to all of that. Neither here nor there, fact is, um, we're in 2020 now, I'm in my bathroom, you know, talking to you and uh, even thinking about sick or whatever, you know, if I see people being sick, it doesn't bother me really, so... Kudos to the frog. So years and years and years and years later, um, did I do Cambo before? No, I did that during the ceremony. Okay, so um, I'd kind of enjoyed that experience and after that was looking at, okay, what's the next thing that I want to try and and research or look into, just you know to to further my understanding of, you know these kind of alternative, ideas and views, um, to just how to, to, to fix yourself. You know, I I felt very much so that this work, this space was needed. I needed to be in this space just because I felt a lot of ancestral and, um, personal traumas and, and ideologies that I didn't quite accept, but I knew they were part of me and I didn't want them to be part of me anymore. And, you know, all these kind of things. And this space was very much kind of calling out to me. But for, for years and years and years, I, you know, I didn't really do anything. I'd just read and, you know, I, I went more down the route of psychotherapy because I felt, you know, science is God. <laughs> Basically, I, I joke, but also I'm, I'm a little bit serious now. I wanted something a little, bo- a little bit more tangible, I suppose, and kind of held in a, in a commonly agreed realm rather than something that's a little bit woo you know a little bit out there like there's no definitive answers it's just like you go and have your own experience and whatever your experience is cool I didn't realize that that's the whole point but it took me a few years um and I went through loads and loads of psychotherapists and counselors and all sorts of people until I stumbled upon one who was from a recommendation from a uni friend um, and this guy, ultimately, you know, he was a martial. He is a martial artist. Um, has a bit of an alternative um, appreciation for the world. Like I have an alter- alternative appreciation for the world. Um, not so much in in the the world of Wu, but just you know, just you know, the kink scene and and all that kind of stuff. And just understanding that that's a dynamic that exists, and the implications and provocations from that. And um, he studied very, very, very many different uh, schools of psychotherapy and various other kind of cognitive, um, expressions, I suppose. And, you know, he does, he does martial arts as well. So, um, spent loads and loads and loads of time with him, um, just talking, talking back and forth. And apparently I had some things I could teach him too. So, you know, it was, it was quite fun having this kind of, uh, not a give and get I suppose it's a give and get but just just you know that this kind of space to to expand was really really great and then um I met a friend who you know was was very much into a lot of this kind of stuff and I'd always make fun of him for being very woo and he'd be like woo and I'd be like no not that woo the other woo he's like woo and I'm just like fine good redirect and the more we spoke the more I kind of you know thought you know what I need to I need to Go back into expanding my mind. I need to stop being so narrow-minded, and we started working together, um, focusing more on just movement stuff because with my DJing and my performance DJing stuff, I know that I need to be a better mover, um, and he's helping me with that still. But we did a thing called family constellations, and I'd heard of it from the retreat, from the first Cambo retreat, um, the Warrior to Warrior retreat uh talking about family constellations and I kept on bumping into people talking about family constellations and how they're really effective. And I thought they're just, you know, saying, oh, just name stars after people and then we do some some hippie shit. But <laughs> not quite. And um with my friend Adam, we we did this. We we did um a one-to-one family constellation and we actually utilized just inanimate objects in the room as opposed to people. Usually you would have uh, people who would take roles, you know, take ancestral family roles, and you would move them around, and certain people would actually embody feelings you know they'd be fine one second and they'd be bawling their eyes out another and you know just through talking and understanding and, and feeling and moving them around the room until they felt you know happier and not so kind of rejected or dejected or something you understand you you would learn and understand better dynamics of what's going on in your immediate your distant, and you know your ancestral family so we did we did you know the same thing but just with inanimate objects and um With my experience, there was this insane energy. It was angry. It was tired. It was furious. It was just, it was just in like, it was mad. And for for the longest, I always thought it was just, you know, somewhere around my mother because there was a lot of disapproval, disapproval, not disapprovement maybe both, um, from my mum growing up, you know, I, I'd do good, but it was never good enough. And, you know, it was just nothing was ever fucking good enough, which is, really stressed me out. But, you know, I was a good kid because, you know, I was always quiet and, you know, seen but never um, heard of and all that all that colonial bollocks. And, um, you know, I thought it was my mum when we moved her around and, you know, she was happy next to my granddad, but like, you know, we moved a little bit further um and this was in this was like four months before my mom killed herself right didn't know obviously hindsight is a a thing but at the the time you know it's just my mom was an entity in the US and we just weren't really talking and whatever um and that energy kept on moving somewhere else and then I finally found it because it was like it was always behind me and always really angry when it was behind me and I discovered that you know it was probably it wasn't my grandmother because my grandmother was super chill it was one or two generations prior to my grandmother, so my great-great-grandmother was angry as hell because she'd been forgotten. So we replaced her at the front, you know, with with Kenya facing everything, and she chilled out, and that was cool. Still, you know, still wary, but the the warrior had been put in their place, you know, um, very, very well. And I fail to mention this because I I don't like kind of saying it, but I think it's important. When I stood next to that energy, Adam told me, like, go stand next to it. I said, I'd really rather not. He's like, go stand next to it. I'm like, I do not want to. He's like, go stand next to it. So I went and stood next to it and bawled my eyes out. Just cried, literally like a abandoned five-year-old, ugly, bawling ball crying. Like, literally, I had no idea what was going on. I said, do I have to stand here? Can I please not stand here anymore? And he's like, wow, okay, yeah. Like, you no, know, you can move away. And that was it for me. Like when that happened, I was just like, okay, I need to go way in here because no amount of psychotherapy is going to hit this. No amount of hypnosis is going to hit this. This hits kind of different. And for whatever reason, I am way more receptive to this than I am to Western sciences and stuff. So... um that was that. And talking to Adam, we started talking about African medicines, African plant medicines, because as amazing as the Amazon is, I'm Kenyan, and I just kind of feel like sticking to home plants and home kind of practices or as close to home as possible is better than, you know, kind of going out on, on a limb into the bigger kind of world. But, you know, they're, they're all of the same place, essentially. So we started talking about Iboga which is a Western um, plant medicine, which is typically seen as the masculine plant energy to the feminine ayahuasca uh, energy. So iboga is a root plant. Excuse me. <laughs> iboga is a root plant, and um, it, it's the bark as well that you, you you ingest. It's dried up bark, and it's, it's uh, utilized. And again, it doesn't really give you visions in a hallucinogenic kind of sense. I mean, some people do. Um, my experience was pretty, pretty nuts. Um, but it was all very, it was all about the sense of feeling and, you know, the, the kind of adventures and reassuredness that you get when you, when you know something's right, when you have the confidence to go in a direction, that was ultimately the experience I felt. And a few, a few visions here and there, but I, I will not go into those because they're very private. um, but I did that um, on a boat. I <laughs> did that on a boat. And um, that was after my mother shot herself. So I went and did, you know, I went, I went on the crusade. I went and got my mom, got her buried um, in, in Kenya and everything. Came back, did my first Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, competition, lost my category, won the Open weight category so you know ladies nine ten kilos heavier than me um i beat them (laughs) and um i think about maybe three weeks after that i went and did this ceremony so this one was fully woo this was new age af just like fully immersed like we had to wear white um head to toe white clothing um had to watch what we ate for three months prior to that, which was a little bit difficult because the tail end of of the US and Kenya kind of made that difficult. But after that, you no know, no alcohol, no red meat, no none of this. Like you know, trying to just keep as clean as possible, which is fine. I can I can do that. It's neither here nor there. Um, and that was that was it. That was a two day two dayer, um, and we did Cambo as well. So I've got another gate gate of five on my ankle um, from that, which I've actually kind of. Try to make more obvious, um, and I'm going to get a tattoo around it just because, yeah, the feels, uh, I, feel, I feel it's, it's relevant. And uh, yeah, the second time with, with Cambo, <laughs> uh, the gates were bigger, which was interesting, uh, a little bit more painful having your skin burnt off. And yeah, a full on exorcist, you know, vomiting, but it, it felt welcoming because I knew what to expect as opposed to the first time where I'm just like, oh my God, I don't want to sick, I don't want to be sick. And they um, you know, just go, "Bap bap bop, do it, done, go do the thing, boom. You know, I didn't have to do the whole crawling and bottom purging, whatever. It's just literally probably, you know, five or six big old um, loads <laughs> into a bucket. And that was it. So um, there's, you know, there's a book, there's, there's the African medicine. And um, after that, I kind of felt a pull to mushrooms. Oh um and i know a lot of people uh take them in a recreational sense and i've never been a fan of doing that kind of stuff recreationally um because I, i i like my life and i like the experiences i have and if i need to get like kind of hyper about anything it's usually done through music is that a motorbike it's a very very loud motorbike um now, for, for me, music is, is my recreational drug that I listen to far too much. I probably spend about anywhere from four to ten hours a day listening to music um, whilst I'm working, whilst I'm training, whilst I'm doing whatever. So with um, the golden teachers, as I, I will refer to them as, because that's what they are, um, I, I, I only went and, and utilized them in very specific places. So I realized um, the first time I, I tried them, I did it at home, um, was listening to some meditation, uh, long two-hour, three-hour meditation um, YouTube videos that the previous shaman at the Iboga, um ceremony had recommended listening to if I wanted to kind of go really, really kind of internal and really kind of understand what it is to be, you know, understanding the ego. And um, my favorite one is is uh, isness everything is that's it. beautiful full sentence everything is um and i'll, I'll listen to that sometimes if i'm just having a really bad time i'll listen to that so the first time i did i did uh i i had a, a meeting with the golden teachers I was at home and i know people are just like oh you should be around people you should do that i was just like i just wanted to be still and just in a happy comfortable place being around people stresses me out if I'm going to be doing weird shit. So, you know, that was really, really important. So the first one was great. And I realized that my mood had lifted higher than it has been in a really, really, really long time. And that lasted about four months, you know, until, you know, things and stuff in life and, and ex-boyfriends being jerk faces <laughs> and, um, you know, I realized, okay, fine, maybe there's an oscillation with this, and you know, did more reading and, and for some people yes, some people no. So I did it again, but on a very small dose. And same thing happened, like, you know, did the thing, had some fun, had more kind of epiphanies as to where I was going, and all that jazz, and and that was, you know, the beginning of this year. So here we are. Summer solstice, the you know, the the pinnacle of um the beginning of the year and the beginning of the end of the year, you know, it, it, I felt like, again, I was kind of crashing again because we had this pandemic and it's bad and, and, you know, everyone's just kind of losing their minds a little bit. So I went on a, uh, I think Terrace, Terrence, Terrace, Terrence McKenna, um, refers to as like an ego, the heroic kind of journey, a hero's journey. um, And it was intense. I'm not going to go into lots of detail because I don't even, I I can't even begin to process what happened, but I am in like such an amazing headspace now, just, just really positive with everything that's going on. And what's today? Wednesday. And that was Saturday. Saturday um really really positive going forwards and i'm I'm not advocating any of this i'm just sharing my experience because i know there's some people out there who do the same um and i think having an open candid conversation just about what people are doing for the sake of self um evaluation and self-expansion but actionable self-expansion, not this kind of, um, circle jerk of self-help books that repeat the same stuff over and over and over again. Um, and maybe give you some actionable steps, but ultimately you read the book, you feel good. And then you feel shit like four months later. Oh, wait, (laughs) maybe not four months, maybe less. Um, but ultimately what I'm trying to say is, you know, um, everyone's got their own way of doing things and, You probably think I'm some kind of like science first, like very, very logical person, but I'm not. I'm actually a little bit more of a hippie than, um, you know, right? You probably see, if you see pictures of me, if you see me waving my hands around that I have a ring on my thumb. I have a thumb ring that I wear quite often. It is a protective ring, um, because it's crushed crystals. It's crushed obsidian and amethyst with some glow-in-the-dark pigment that a friend made for me. Um, Just because, you know, a balance of dark and light energy is something that I feel is very, very valid. So, um, yeah, I thought I wanted to share some stories uh, with you and, you know, a little bit of new age journeys that I go into. But, um, yeah, you you know, you'd never know any of this if you just talk to me or if you just listen to any other episode other than this one. But uh, I think a lot more people are very much kind of um, fed up with the way things are. Oh, my cat! <laughs> He's not used to me sitting in the bathroom for so long, uh, and I think that's that's a sign for me to wrap this up as well. So um, yeah, that's that's what I, that's what I was doing anyway. Until I got slightly startled by a cat. So I think there's more people out there who are fed up with the status quo of the world and are looking for answers. Um, And there are answers out there, but you just need to pay attention and listen very, very closely to what the world is telling you and not be obtuse about it. You know, just look into things, ask questions, ask why, ask maybe there's relevance to you. If there is relevance to you, how and why does that play out? You know, just, just be a little bit more open and, just let the world come in a little bit more. It's not scary. It's not scary, I promise. So I wasn't expecting that to come out, that that episode. Um, kind of a tell-all of, of psychedelic endeavors um i might revisit it and you know kind of share the actual experiences in and of themselves but i felt that wasn't really necessary um i felt it's just more kind of a hat tip and a timestamp kind of episode really with everything going on the world is a little bit crazy at the moment new normals are happening all over the place whether people like it or not um and uh i've i'm readjusting you know i'm, I'm taking the lead from just what happens around me and i felt i wanted to share today so that's that's what i've done bit of a long uh, episode again and um i apologize but at least i'm doing these every week now so we shall keep on moving forwards uh once again if you found anything in here was insightful was helpful has brought in more questions um, find me on social media. I'm hugely on Instagram, lshig, Elshig, E L S H I G. I'm on Twitter as well, also, lshig, Elshig, E L S H I G. I'm on Facebook, Shigamus, or just look for me, Shiggy Pactor. Um, or else am I? Email, hi shiggy at shiggy.co.uk. All of those are in the, in the show notes. I'm also slowly but surely putting these bad boys up on youtube i have a youtube channel um i have 10 subscribers yay um we need more subscribers i'm going to be doing a whole bunch of stuff on there a whole bunch of fun stuff um and i'm going to be interviewing people soon as well because i realized i have some crazy friends who um are doing all sorts of good 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 stuff and i think it's important um to at least have a chat with them so you guys just can see and hear and feel just how diverse the world really is if you find you know your little pocket of existence um doesn't have you know a whole bunch of crazies like us out here um i want to i want to bring them to you i want to bring them to you so you can you can hear a little bit of, of how the world is beyond your town If that's where you are, if you're down the road from me, then we're going to have a chat soon. But in any case, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, it was lovely being able to share my experiences with you. And I hope to talk to you soon. Until next time. Bye.